You're listening to the How and Steve English podcast, a comfy place to talk about all the great and not so great parts of teaching ESL abroad. I'm Steve and I'm here with Al. Howdy. And today we're going to talk about some pretty great ideas for Christmas classes. So stay tuned. All right, guys, as always, I'd like to recommend that you check out our website, howandsteveenglish.com, for some pretty awesome free conversation materials and games. If you head over to our blog, you'll be able to find a ton of new travel lessons for adult intermediate students that Hal's been working on. Um, Hal, do you know what the new lessons have been for the past few weeks? Uh, yeah, I've been uploading a travel series, so just uh, conversation topics, but loosely related to travel. And then I've also been working on some business uh, business English lessons. So uh, over the next month or two, I'll be uploading about uh, about 20 lessons a month, I'd say. Great. And you can check all those out on our blog at houndsteveenglish.com. And as always, we'd really like to, uh, to have you guys check out our membership program. Sign up for our monthly program about 10 bucks a month and you get unlimited access to our full library of resources it's pretty awesome it's pretty great and your contributions will help us make more great resources in the future all right how christmas time is around the corner yeah are you ready not at all i'm not ready for teaching christmas lessons i'm not ready for buying my family presents i'm not ready for any of it yeah it's a little tricky when you're in asia I don't really cater to you. Yeah. Finding all your Christmas stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know about you, but I'm still a complete novice at navigating Korean e-commerce sites. And I'm not really that keen on, you know, traveling down to Seoul and marching around and the joys of finding, like, the perfect present at the store because I just don't have that much time anymore. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I... One thing did pop up in my head. Um, if you remember, I think we did it for Thanksgiving. But uh, if anybody out there lives in Korea and uh, you live nearby a American military base, they've got Christmas dinners that they'll ship out to you. And they're pretty good, pretty affordable. Uh, you remember when we did that for Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty great. Got a gigantic turkey, trays of ma- mashed potatoes, trays of stuffing. That lasted at least a solid week. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, so I know I'm thinking about doing Christmas lessons at the academy. And I think most folks who teach abroad probably realize that even though we say in the States that Christmas is kind of like an American holiday more than a religious holiday, you really get that feeling when you're abroad because that's like, along with McDonald's and pop music and the Avengers, like America's number one export is Christmas. Mm, Yeah, good point. So buying presents and the the whole lore behind it, you know, Santa Claus, presents, fireplace, hot cocoa, Everything is just just imbued in all of these other cultures around the world. And it's such a big part of like English lessons and English ESL books. So much so that even in South Korea, where there are many Christians, but even the Christians that I know, like 10 years ago or 8 years ago, I suppose, weren't so into Christmas in the American way, gift giving and, you know, I guess the consumerist fantasy, not saying it in a bad way. <laughs> right. It's really changed. I mean, people are putting up Christmas trees, which is weird. They're selling nativity scenes um, everywhere. And a lot of people are buying them, again, not in the religious sense. I mean, they're buying it because it's, you know, it's part of Western culture, you know, maybe a lot of American culture. And it's like one of their real big fascinations with the English language. And it's what they expect to be celebrated, especially in their English class. Yeah, and I'd also say, yeah, they're the marketing and the marketing psychology and 
they're kind of picking up the baton from the U.S. I think the U.S. was kind of ahead of the game marketing and promoting holidays. Um, I think they're kind of catching up on that here in Korea. For sure. They've got their Pepero Day, which is the uh, the day to buy your little sticks of chocolate-covered sticks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite day is the Samgyeopsal Day, which isn't really that popular, apparently, but 3-3, March 3rd, the day to eat Samgyeopsal, which is like three-layer. Pork belly has three layers, so it's called Samgyeopsal, I guess. That's yeah. Fun. Yeah, Christmas. Christmas is the thing. And I think... Hagwon teachers, again, for folks who don't teach in Korea, Hagwon is an academy, and I'm sure, you know, you've heard us talk to academy teachers across the world, you know, Vietnam, uh, Europe, Japan, China, and um, public school teachers, private school teachers, university professors, it's all pretty much the same. There's kind of this expectation, this big, big expectation for big Christmassy amazing lessons well yeah that's what i was gonna point out i mean especially if you're an owner or you've got a future in esl there's definitely the expectation of the moms they want that cultural hurrah their kids to have a cultural experience and i've kind of got the narrow view that you know the holidays are the best chance for that so i think there's an expectation there and then yeah it is a great time to actually expose the kids to cultural stuff then you've got um it's a great time to create marketing material get photos with the kids um it's a great time to do a lot of stuff uh do promotions and um so I think it's it's a worthwhile um, investment to talk about this and to, to get ready instead of, <laughs> instead of doing it last minute, like I've been known to do myself. For sure. And I want to dive into that. I guess I'd throw out a caveat to anybody who puts, you know, a lot of religious sentiment behind Christmas or maybe they're not christian and they are kind of uh offended or appalled that they have to celebrate christmas in the classroom it's really it's really not about that when you're teaching esl abroad for the most part unless you're teaching at an international christian school it's just like this crazy huge event and this crazy huge party that these kids see and all this imagery from cartoons to movies and their parents see it too and they just want them to experience it it's like uh i guess watching a bunch of kung fu movies and then moving to seoul or moving to tokyo and realizing man there's no there's no kung fu here no i guess i chose the two asian countries that kung fu is not from but <laughs> you know that's the point it's like you you watch all these western movies and you have build up some image i guess korean dramas would be a better example and you move to South Korea and it's nothing like that. It's really disappointing. So what your job is when you're an ESL teacher is to make these Christmas lessons live up to that hype in a way. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to do, actually. But you've just got to do it the right way. And you've got to do it with some sensibility about, you know, what uh, Korean students will expect from a party or event class. Because it's a little bit different than what Western kids might expect from a party or event class. Yeah, I uh, agreed there. <laughs> you got to always you got to always examine that cultural aspect before you dive into it. Well, how you're the expert of this, so I, for everybody listening, I mostly just follow how when it comes to these events. So, um, off the top of your head, what would you say would be a good way to dissect this? Should we just talk about five great activities or Yeah, let's shoot for five and um I'm not so much going to go into the events or or the Hagwan ownership part of it. Um, I'll pass the baton to you for that if if you want to dive in and give some guidance on the logistics or how to coordinate it. Um, and then when I, I think I'll just go into uh, five 
you know, stellar things that you can do with the kids just um, from a teaching perspective. Yeah, and to the listeners, this is probably the most important part of your special day. So you can't really decorate your classroom in a really awesome Christmas theme and then have a really boring, bummer lesson. So decorating your classroom with Christmas decorations and then just playing Netflix is kind of a downer. There's got to be something <laughs> fun going on. There's got to be memories being made. There's got to be um, not necessarily a competition, but something that builds relationships between the students and they're all going towards a common goal in a Christmas theme and something new for them. So how why don't you hit us with number one? Okay, um let me say let me say number one you as the teacher uh have to dress up as a Santo or an elf or uh you know Rudolph something like this um, just because, you know, the kids still have an imagination, unlike most of us. And uh, it goes a long way. So for whatever you're going to do with the kids, you know, again, they've got an imagination. So it could be as simple as, you know, a Santa hat um, or, a li- you know, a little beard. And um, you can sack onto that. You can have the kids dress up and have a little contest. Um and that also will set you up to get some great photos, set up a little photo area, take pictures with the kids. Um, so whether you're an owner or whether you work somewhere, um, that'll just that'll make your boss happy as well. And that'll make the kids happy, especially we're here in Korea. They're really uh, they like to take those pictures, those selfies. So. That'll scratch their itch. They they love, uh, as you know, Steve. <laughs> a lot of photos get taken here. Definitely, there's <laughs> like we always say. It seems like the point is to have the photo, not to have the event. Sometimes, but definitely, that's a good point. Dress up. You know, it's almost more important to capture the memory on film than it is to, you know, just partake in this event. Because moms and parents are going to share those photos around with their, their aunts and their cousins and their grandparents and their husbands. And it's going to be something that people are going to really look on and just like, you know, wow, this thing that I had a fantasy about, this American dream or this Western dream of this Christmas experience, I was able to do this for my kid by sending him to this academy or this school. And I'm so happy my kid got this. It's really in that way. Not in a business sense, but just in a personal sense for these parents and the families um, that they're part of. It's it's really important to do that. You're right. Yeah, there's a um, a um, more of a fascination with Western culture than you would expect. I guess that's kind of what you opened with, but but yeah, I agree there. What do you think? Keep rolling. Number two. Keep- yeah, keep rolling. That was really good. I, By the way, I guess some, some tips for buying that. A lot of people get obsessed with finding the perfect version of something. But like you mentioned, just like a beard or just like a green cap. If you can't find a red cap, you could be an elf instead of Santa. Don't obsess and don't waste too much time putting in a lot of effort finding the perfect outfit. Because it, one, it's probably going to take a lot of time. And two, it's going to be probably a little bit of expensive you should be able to go to the dollar store wherever you live and find some type of Christmassy attire just do that because either you're going to resent having wasted all that time and money on it or it's going to contribute to the entire amount of resentment you might have towards doing this activity so I always think it's best to limit your uh, your investment your personal investment in something in that way to just make sure you're not sad or upset when you actually do it you you should always like be happy that you're doing it i don't know if that's too much but i just see a lot of teachers spend a lot of money and then get bummed out when the kids didn't respond the best way or they nobody was really impressed by the activity that they had planned no yeah that's uh i agree the equation here is daiso no reason even to go to the big market 
you can just go over to the dollar store equivalent and um yeah just get a little dinky few items and they'll actually last on you know to, into the next christmas you just use them once a year no problem yep. exactly okay so for number two steve do you want to go give me a direction here do you want to go into a song or do you want to go into a warm-up activity Let's do that warm-up activity. Okay, so I believe you know my favorite activity of all time. I will vouch for this activity um, above any other activity. It works for almost all ages up into adults. Of course, you know, it'll be a little tricky with kindy kids. But um, basically it's... You can find it under several names, but the general name I think would be Who Am I? And I think this is also a icebreaker at parties and, and stuff like that. But basically you have uh you need to, it needs to be fun. So it needs to be sticky notes or a little piece of paper and each kid. Now this is Christmas. So we'll do the present version. So the theme or the topic is presents. And then every kid's going to write down a present on secretly on their piece of paper and tape it to their friend's head. And then their friends then have to use their English grammar to um, ask yes or no questions into guessing what's on their head. If they get a no answer, it, it's the next kid's turn. If they get a yes answer, they get to go again. First student to guess what the present is on their forehead wins. For example, my uh, on my head, I don't know it, but it says teddy bear. I'm using the MI uh, grammar tense. Yeah, am, am I big? Am I small? Are you, do I? Do I have arms and legs? Am I cute? And, uh, finally am i a teddy bear i win now you also want to unless you've got high level students you want to create a key for the kids a guide so the am i uh tense or, or pattern and then list of adjectives or nouns the students can make questions with to help them if that all wasn't too fast if that makes sense yeah, it's one of my favorite games, too. And just like any good game, you can make it more difficult or less difficult according to what type of students you have. So if you have, you know, A2 or A1.2 level students, you don't need to use the B verb. You can change it to, you know, present perfect simple. And sometimes I do that with movie characters. So I have the kids glue or stick with tape, I mean, uh, pictures onto their head, their forehead of the Avengers and the kids will ask questions of have I ever fought Thanos and in that way you can make it a lot more difficult and it's so easy to do that with every type of verb tense and really any type of grammar rule that you want to use yeah extremely flexible activity which is if you've been teaching you know it's key now, with that activity, can we use any type of Christmassy characters, or do you think the vocabulary for the Christmas characters is kind of too slim to do that? So there's Santa, and there's Mrs. Claus, but then there's just a bunch of random reindeer and elves and snow monsters. Yeah, I think that's a good question. So if you, the good thing is, if you go the present route, there's not going to be that much prep because, uh, you know, there's a a wide field and anybody can think of a present. Now, if you go with characters, which is a very fun thing to do with the who am I game, I guess I should have said, what am I in the, in the presence case, but the, who am I, um, you need, you should prep first. So you should, similar to what I said before, you should, um, prepare a list of characters and kind of, have a little presentation, maybe like present, oh, this is Santa Claus and and a little bit about him. 
and then um then it'll be you know great and it'll be a ton of fun with characters but i yeah i think you have to do a little prep with that one yeah and i guess if you do that one you don't get the advantage of reinforcing some of the vocabulary that they learn in the wiley cambridge starters and movers word list so with presence you know that's of starters vocabulary uh list of what uh there's toys teddy bears dolls robots yo-yos etc right yeah yeah so you can really reinforce it in this christmas theme christmas themed game but kids do love characters man they really love just chatting about random cool looking characters on cards yeah that's a good point um i'd forgotten about the vocabulary aspect So what do you think is the third good activity? Okay, yeah, let me let me go number three here, but actually let me slot this before. Uh, that, that activity is great, um, but I think maybe it's a bit, it's actually a full-fledged or a, a full activity, actually. You can do that game for a solid uh, over 30 minutes even, so maybe a shorter... Uh, more fun quick would be good to warm them up so let's go into tongue twisters before we do that now tongue twisters are just a ton of fun um, and for Christmas you can find just a ton of um, Christmas tongue twisters so you know that can be like a five minute thing you can just hop on the web and print a list off and um the kids just love it, and that's a, you know, there's, you can also have the cultural aspect um, with the with the characters and whatnot in the tongue twisters. Do you have any tongue twisters off the top of your head for Christmas that they might be able to use, or do we have this? We'll probably go ahead and prepare something for them on our website. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I forgot about that. I, I made a Christmas bomb game. And I think I actually put tongue twisters into the bomb game. I was pretty proud of that one. Um, that's how I, I know there's a lot of tongue twisters on Christmas. Um, yeah. Oh, great. So two for one. So we'll, we'll link that for sure. So you guys can take a look at it. But yeah, Santa sleigh slides on slick snow. Seven Santas sing silly songs. There's lots of them on Rudolph, and uh, yeah, the kids just love tongue twisters. Yeah, there's some new teachers out here who really aren't quite getting the grasp of, you know, how to run their class, and maybe they don't have the right structure for present, practice, and produce. And there's some like mixed level kids in their classes. You know, like my first year, I really had a hard time having consistently fun classes or even getting the kids to laugh that much because it just was hard for the, all those reasons. But you throw in some tongue twisters in the class and it's so much fun. Like your class will explode maybe like you've never heard it before. Right, yeah, and that's why I bring up start, start off with it, um, you know, some basic classroom psychology there too if you're not that experienced is if you start out with a bomb activity or a lecture doesn't matter how fun your activities are you you know the kids will check out and then you're gonna fight a losing battle even if you got a fun game at the end so uh you you'd be surprised how how far starting out with something like a tongue twister will get them in the right mood Definitely. And side note for academy owners or study room owners out there, you're kind of just, you know, in a blanket way labeled as the fun foreign teacher class. That's kind of the only justification for your existence in some of the mom's viewpoint of views. They don't really understand what type of English education you deliver to them. They only understand that the Korean teachers are able to get good English scores on tests. So if your class isn't fun, especially on Christmas Day, you know, that might lose you some customers when the parents compare you to the hogwan across the street or the academy across the street, you know, that served fake eggnog and had, 
you know, this amazing tongue twister game and then a bomb game. And then the kids got a uh, got to make some gingerbread houses, too. You know, it's kind of difficult to compete with that if that's the type of framework the moms are using. Yeah, I, yeah, totally. So what's next on? Well, let, let's see. That's three. And let's go ahead and throw in um, Bomb Game as number four because um, that's a pretty good resource I made. Um, super fun. And then um, if you want to make your own, Bomb Games are not that hard to make. Just a bit of prep. And you can also find uh, various bomb games across the internet if you've been in the esl teaching world for any time at all you'll know that uh, bomb games are kind of one of the go-to go-to games and what a lot of people don't realize is um the one of the big pros to a bomb game is that if you've got mixed level students or students at different levels such as you might have at a uh, event where you got all these kids mixed together, bomb games are actually perfect for that um, because it puts all the kids on the same playing field. They're just randomly drawing a, a bomb card. So, you know, the lowest level student can compete with the highest level student in this game. And also, if you spend any time in the ESL world, you'll know that that's one of the biggest challenges in the classroom is is having different level kids and, you know, being able to take care of that one kid that's struggling so hard um, that you really care about while also taking care of your shining, bright kid that's like miles ahead of everybody else. Like, how do you take care of them at the same time? So... Uh, that's why bomb game bomb games are great. Um, you can also split for bomb games. You can split your kids up into small groups. So you've you've warmed them up. You've used your charisma. You've done the the warm up activities and uh, and then you can split them into groups and you can get a breather and you can just uh, monitor them playing the Christmas bomb game and. Uh, wolf down some Christmas cookies or something while they're doing that. Yeah, that sounds really great. I always revisit bomb games, and I think we've got a really good format for them as well because so people are used to using the PowerPoint bomb games, and that's tough to do in a classroom full of, you know, 20, 30, 40 kids, which sometimes public school teachers have to deal with, or, you know, hundreds of hundred students sometimes a university lecture there's just no practical way to do a fun activity like a bomb game unless you're using cards which is something that you really did a good job developing so Mm. oh go ahead i was just say yeah um the powerpoint games are great but they're not dynamic so if you've got some kind of event or you don't know how many kids or you have any technical problems the card games slash in this in this case bomb card games are just gonna do you better in the long run because that is a classroom resource you've just got right there and you can just pull it off no matter what you can you can take it somewhere else if you want to you know do a christmas event somewhere else you don't have to worry about um you know anything much better in my opinion definitely and you can make so many copies of it too so you can divide it around the classroom you can have a, a student captain be the teacher in different groups and, and run the game themselves it's really really useful i think yeah agreed and um yeah you could also use it if you if you're stuck on that tech you like the the wow factor you can you can definitely mix the bomb game with a with PowerPoint. Definitely. So again, you guys can check out our website for that. We'll put a link down below. What's up next? This might be, is this number four or number five now? Uh, I think that's four. (laughs) 
It could be three, three and that would be embarrassing. Apologies uh, to everybody because we're trying to do clickbait, you know, because that's what you're supposed to do. Top five, top ten, the listicle thing. We're not that great at it. So maybe I think this is five because we did tongue twisters, bomb games, um, dress up, and we also did who's that or the name game. Right. So this, this coming one will be five. Okay. Um, well, in that case, let's do six. Um, five is pretty simple. Um, the song aspect. So I would just say, I, I, you probably agree, Steve, the best site by far for ESL songs is, uh, super simple songs.com. And, um, they've got plenty of Christmas songs there. Um, my favorite one is Santa, uh, Santo. Sent Santo, so it's basically Santa version of Bingo, um, and they clap interchangeably with the Santa letters. So, like first is Santa, second round is clap one time, and then say A N T A. Second round, uh, third round is you clap two times, and then you say N T A, and that process repeats. And man, they love that that TPR. And just yeah. the, 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 you can't beat bingo really. So I've been doing that with my kids. Um, and again, the psychology part, you can end or open with a song. You got to give the kids a, a boost, send them out happy or, or start to class off happy. And these songs are ridiculously happy. Yeah. And I think for, just to give one tip out, I think I had a hard time teaching songs at the beginning because I didn't intuitively know how. So sometimes in a course book, when you read the teacher's guide, it tells you to pre-teach some of the vocabulary and to just have them listen and then try and read the lyrics. Really, for songs, you can just play it. And as long as the teacher is doing the TPR and singing along, the children will copy. And that's the right way to go about it. And if you want to check for comprehension later, do that after they've learned the lyrics and the TPR. Yeah, definitely a good point. Um, Pre-teach and um, model the behavior in the front. Or Songs are tricky. Uh, but like you know you they're catchy though right so they pick up quick but you've got to yeah you got to go over it a few times i definitely didn't know that when i started either yeah and just like definitely pre-teach and avoid comprehension questions at least in my opinion until you've had a good fun run of the song because there's nothing worse than the kids not fully getting the song and then asking the class what's his name where did he go and the children didn't really get a good enough grasp of it at the beginning to even answer those questions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, comprehensions or questions are great. Um, so you can fit those into your lesson plan as well. And yeah, I, I'm pretty sure everybody knows, but definitely go to Super Simple Songs. Yeah. All right, number, number six. Okay, yeah, I'll um, I'll end with this one. So this is another key um, aspect of the classroom that I think is just a mistake a lot of teachers make is they just forget about this whole um, aspect or uh, type of activity. And that's a huge mistake. I, I forget about it sometimes myself. And that is crafts. So you're doing ESL. You can do ESL crafts. And I'm sure Steve agrees, like, there are several huge pros to crafts. One of them, I mean, they take a huge amount of time and they let the kids get really creative and kind of go at their own pace you're also sending the kids home with something to show off to their parents. Um, they're just, they're great for so many reasons, but I think as teachers, we kind of get caught up in the curriculum 
and the and the curriculum that you also want to as a learning stage thing you also want to have them produce something right to kind of as the final learning process so crafts are great for that too like uh, produce something and kind of um a great way to to end with that so i would say do a christmas craft with them um there's plenty of stuff you can look up i would say the easiest best is going to be a christmas card it's an easy craft to do you can get as you can get as complex or as you want you know glitter whatever or as you can even just do you know colored pencils and whatnot um or you can you know you could do a wish list if you want to do a real simple craft give them some scissors you know, I found a really great YouTube channel. Um, I'll search it here real quick so I can tell you guys about it. And it's just a really great resource, I think, for ESL. And if you have kids of your own to teach your kids how to draw. So it's this family, this artist and his family show uh, show you how to make these really great, easy, but you know, great looking drawings. And it's really slow, and it's really easy. You know, they're done in kind of like a, I guess, an emoji style. And the way he's speaking is actually pretty good for like A1, A2 level students. There's not much that they wouldn't be able to get from it. So there's actually good listening comprehension there. It's called Art for Kids Hub. It's on YouTube, and they've got a whole uh, winter playlist for how to draw these pretty cool things. And they also have these like puppets. So like. When you unfold the, pa the paper, you can, you know, move the mouth of Santa or a puppy or something. So it's pretty cool. That's uh, Art for Kids Hub on YouTube. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a, a wonderful tip there, too. I, uh, that, I think, is a new, fairly new thing. So teachers may not be aware of it, but uh, these days, mostly on YouTube, there are our ESL learn to draw, uh, drawing coordinated with learning, um, amazing videos, um, to, to do in your classroom. So you've got the one Steve gave you, there's a learn to draw with ABCs on YouTube. That's an amazing series. And they're a super simple song also has a complete uh, TV show section. And one of those is um, learning with drawing. And they've got, I think, about 50 drawing videos, ESL drawing videos. And they, yeah, like, as Steve said, they purposely speak um, for ESL learning so slowly and, and using a lot of vocab. Definitely, definitely. These are, you know, truly really a great surprise when you come across those in the classroom because even in your curriculum, it's recommended usually that you don't just do the same present, practice, produce every day. There's supposed to be project days and there's supposed to be activity days like this using arts and crafts so they can experience using English um, in a more dynamic way. You know, that's what it is, Steve. <laughs> Actually, there are crafts or projects in the curriculum, right? But they just suck, right? Yeah, they're really bad. <laughs> they're so lame. Like, I guess that, so you don't end up doing those projects, right? Or if you do, it like, it takes 10 minutes and they fold a piece of paper and glue it on a popsicle stick, you know? So, yeah, yeah I guess you've got to take that into your own hands if you're serious about ESL. Yeah, that's giving me flashbacks because, um, as you guys know, we, just like a ton of other, uh, I guess, native English speakers who own academies abroad, we teach in the right way, I'd like to say. We, we don't do the 100-year-old grammar translation method the way I got my university degree for Latin. Um, you know, we teach communicative English, and so just talking as much as you can in class, and 
I didn't realize it, but our parents, we did a seminar for our parents last Friday. And some of the feedback after we had a seminar and the seminar's goal was to educate parents, was to tell them, you know, why we teach this way. And the big point was Korea ranks number 37 in the world for English skills compared to other countries. And it's never been above 32. And even though they've been spending billions of dollars over the past 10 years, they've never climbed in ranks compared to other countries. And we showed them the types of English classes in other countries that are in the top 20 and the type of English classes that are in Korea. And the English classes in other country countries have practice in the lesson plan. So present, practice, and produce. You know, And even when the teacher's presenting, there's interaction with the children. And then there's those events and activity days like we're talking about here, this Christmas activities and Christmas, Christmas event days. And the feedback I got from the parents was they had never even known or thought about that, that being the events and activities. And they wondered why we did so much drawing in an English academy and why we do so many activities in an English academy. So actually it was a negative thing for us. So doing these events and, and things like that kind of was negative in the sense that the, um, for Christmas it's good, but in your normal classes. So throughout the rest of the year, moms might judge as like, oh, they're just doing fun. They're, it's a fun hog one, but they're not really learning English. So I, this is a huge tangent, but guys, please educate your moms if you're academy owners or if you want to be academy owners or if you're teaching at a job and you just need to let your boss know how to teach the right way. You've really got to educate everybody involved because you'd be surprised how much people don't know about how to teach English. Yeah. I mean, um, 100%. I, I was the same way when I got into the field. I, I knew, I knew very little as well, but, uh, at this point, we've, we've kind of got a lot of stuff figured out where I'm almost 10 years into this, but, uh, yeah, people make a lot of assumptions about education in general, uh, maybe especially ESL. And um, and then there's some specifics with Korea as well. Um, as, as you said, kind of going the wrong way about it. So they're especially prone to, to misunderstanding. Definitely. I think, all right, guys, I think this is a pretty good list. How... Um, do you have any last words of wisdom about a Christmas day or Christmas activities before we kind of dive into maybe some tips for Hagwon owners? Um, no, I guess that's all I got. Uh, let's see here. Just, um, yeah, just, uh, prep, spend a, spend a day or a, a few hours or whatever, um, setting up and um, it'll pay off in the end like I said there's several reasons to do it and then um, you can whatever you've spent time on like if you've made this bomb game resource you can use it every Christmas you know for the entirety of your teaching career the kids are not going to remember a once a year thing you can you can reuse everything that you've built and that you've uh, heard about in this podcast. So it's a worthwhile investment. Yeah, definitely. Great point. Great point. Always reuse even the little dinky $2 Daiso Santa class or Santa hat. Make sure you put that in a box and reuse it the next year because there's a lot of holidays and a $2 hat here and a $5 Halloween webbing here. You know, you can really save a lot of money and save a lot of time by keeping it year after year. Yeah, that's what I've learned, yeah, finally. So I guess in terms of little bits of advice for academy owners um, looking for how to run a Christmas event the right way, I think, like I mentioned earlier, Christmas is especially an event that they want to really experience, and it needs to be fun. It really shouldn't just be, oh, we're going to watch Netflix. Oh, I'm going to decorate a little bit, and then we're going to do a normal lesson. It really should be one of your event classes. And, 
you know, as you own an academy abroad, you've really got to fight against local prejudices about who's a good English teacher and what's the right way to teach English. Because outside of Europe and the United States and Canada and Australia and, you know, the, the English speaking world in Europe, basically, <laughs> their, te- their English education systems and their education systems as a whole are kind of focused on rote memorization and just passing tests. So it's a little it's a little wild. I don't think people really grasp it or how deep it is. So taking an English class, like I always say and I always warn about, and I know I'm a broken record, but I'm going to say it again. An English class in Korea, when the kids enroll, the kids enroll at an academy, the teacher teaches them just to memorize the answers to test questions. So there'll be like 20 questions or, you know, just like a worksheet with 20 questions on it. Okay, will or hmm, you go to the movies tonight? Uh, the answer is yes, I will. So what's the what's the missing word? It's will. And then that's one way they teach. And then they literally just memorize text so they can identify the right sentences and put stories in the right order. And then at that after that academy, if they're in elementary school, at that academy, they'll just take a test having just memorized the test answers and they'll do good on it, and then the academy owner will show that to the parents, and the parents will be thrilled. That's kind of what it's like. It's, it's not the project-based, it's not the communication-based stuff that everybody knows about. So when you're doing a Christmas event, you've really got to try and make your parents understand that, that this doesn't mean that my hagwon or my academy is only about fun, but I am going to deliver you this stereotypical Christmassy fun thing that you want, but please make no mistake we're teaching them right English. So I think that's a really important distinction to keep in mind. And it's kind of crazy because it sounds crazy, but you really got to keep educating the parents about that. So they want fun activities at your academy, but they don't think you teach really good English. You try to teach English the way maybe they want you to teach English, but then they complain that you don't have fun activities. Catch 22, I guess. But anyway, be really aware of that, that you you need to make sure that the parents know that you're having a fun cultural experience. But at the same time, the rest of the year, you teach English really well. Um, And then beyond that, here are a few really important tips that I'd like to recommend to people. One, don't spend too much money. There's really diminishing returns on running events at your academy. You may want to spend more money because... Um, you've heard complaints in the past that the food wasn't that good. You may want to spend more money because you want the kids to experience a real turkey dinner with proper dressing. You may want to spend more money because you want everybody to get their own full-size Santa outfit. Don't do any of that. Because the person down the street who just bought a tin of whipped cream and little mini cupcakes and is letting the kids, you know, just throw whipped cream on his little on cupcakes and make smiley faces with chocolate icing probably is going to get just as awesome photos for their marketing and the parents are going to be just as thrilled and the kids are going to be just as thrilled so really limit your spending there two i might have mentioned it already watch out for how much effort you put into it because you will be disappointed by how much people don't appreciate it probably 90 percent of teachers when it comes to these western holidays invest a ton of time and a ton of energy into replicating what they've done back home or into creating really fun activities with kind of traditional things that we have back home. Like I mentioned, expensive turkey dinners that are really expensive um, in Korea. Your kids might say, oh, this is salty teacher, or this is not good teacher. They'll just complain. And it's better to have them complain over a $2 Christmas cookie than a $200 turkey dinner that you had to go through all the Facebook groups and find American soldiers to buy it from. And it took, you know, five additional hours out of your week to even source it. So don't spend too much. Be careful how much you invest into it because you get diminishing returns. And three, don't be lazy in class. Don't play Netflix. Don't play movies. Do something fun and memorable. We gave you six activities or six ways to really jazz up your Christmas event. Do that. That's what you need to do. And throw some food in there and you're done. Throw some food in there with, like I mentioned, whipped cream or icing. So get little uh, sweet muffins that they could then decorate or sweet little cupcakes with no icing on them. And they can decorate them themselves. 
Kids will love that. We've done it. It's awesome. Gingerbread houses, anything like that. 30-minute additional activity that you can do with them, along with what we've already recommended. So, yeah, that's what I would tell Academy owners to definitely do and not do. Yeah, there you go. Um, Great tips there, I think, as in you need to learn that by experience with those events. So we've already learned that the hard way. Just take take Steve's advice. (laughs) You don't have to go through three a few years of uh doing this event stuff to figure that out yeah nothing more heartbreaking than uh contacting 12 different people having them fall through on you in order to get the turkey dinner and then you know finally finding someone who will do it for you carrying it on the bus and on the subway to bring to your academy prepping going to daiso getting everything done getting table dressing set up giving it to all your students and they just shrug it off and say, this is not delicious. And then talk about how they want to eat Korean food instead. <laughs> even, even though you've eaten, you know, pig snouts and pig ears with them and you've done it, you've been a real champ, <laughs> pretended that stuff was delicious. Nice. So. Yep. So yeah, again, guys, we'll, we'll link all this stuff for you. All the activities that we have available, we'll go ahead and link that for you. Be safe out there. Have a fun Christmas, but for sure, Try not to stress out too much because the activities we mentioned are probably enough, definitely enough to have a really amazing Christmas lesson with your kids. Yeah. uh, Happy, uh, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas (laughs) wishes out there. Wow, this is Uh, the worst worst (laughs) goodbye and end to a podcast that probably anybody's ever well grab grab yourself a bottle of whiskey make sure you have that on christmas as well that's a little better a little better yeah guys um merry christmas make sure you have a good time with your uh your holidays if you celebrate anything else happy hanukkahs and the kwanzas to everybody else and we'll catch you next time yep guys catch you guys